0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast: The Journey to Create the New Metal Canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep
1: it rolling, baby.
0: There we go, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with you this week, talking about—wait, not talking about new metal this week. That's right. Side project summer continues. <laughs> Side
2: projects.
3: Side.
0: And this week, we're talking about one that everybody's been asking us to do. Everybody's been waiting for us to talk about. The infamous Big Dumb Face, Duke Lion, Fights the Terror, West Borland of Limp Bizkit's first of many side projects. A little peek behind the curtain. We talked about all them side projects. We're like, what about this? What about this? But when it came down to it, said you know what you got to start with that first one that's the one dig into that one and then start looking at your black light burns your crystal machetes but this is this one's going to kick it all off for wes i'm assuming we're going to dig into this record i'm very excited but before we do we've got to talk about who's tweeting
3: who's tweeting who is
0: so first we're gonna dive right into this, Jenny. We got a we got a list.
3: Oh yes, we do. So We love a list. We love a list. How could we not love a list? So over at loudersound.com, uh there is a list of the eight most underrated new metal albums. And the list is as follows Il Niño Revolution Revolution. Hmm. Static X Machine Machine Head, The Burning Red. American Head Charge, The War of Art. Spine Shank, The Height of Callousness. Head P.E. Broke. Seven Dust, Home. Hoobastank, Hoobastank. And that's the list.
1: Wait. You mean all this time we could have done Hoobastank and we haven't? (laughs)
3: sometimes sometimes <laughs> we, you have a bag hooba it. we hooba missed it sometimes you have a bag of Reese's miniatures peanut butter cups you eat it and you're like god damn I wish I had one of those and then like three years later you're cleaning out your closet your pantry or whatever and back in the corner you see a little shimmer of gold <laughs> Or a shimmer of a pastel, because maybe it was from Easter. What do you have? It's your special treat. Maybe Hooba Stank is our special treat that we forgot all about.
0: You know what? Maybe that's what... I mean, I hadn't even been thinking of Hooba Stank. I checked the wiki. Last I checked, it had a new metal tag on it. But they hadn't been somebody I'd been thinking about. Do the people want the Huba? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think we've received any push for them. They're not on the long list wow they're not a band that i'm normally thinking about yet a name i'll never forget so credit where credit's due never yeah. forget the stank never never hooba stank is yeah jenny yeah
3: no i was gonna say to hoob or not to, hoob. <laughs> to, hoob or not to <laughs> i hoob. wish that you hadn't let me interrupt you lauren i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> oh, i don't know that
0: one's pretty good i think it was pretty good. well i don't know like The vibe in here right now is sort of like, maybe we do. I don't know. Let us know. RoachCoachPodcast at gmail.com. Should we throw
1: the stank on the long
0: list? Jenny, I'm going to pose your question back to you. (laughs) To hoob or
3: not to hoob? Look. I'd hoob.
0: Jenny would, hoob. <laughs> the only Jenny
3: would hoop. Only people want to hoop. I'm not gonna hoop on my own. <laughs> but if everybody else <laughs> wants to, solo hoop, hoop. no, 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 I, no. I no that's weird.
0: No, never solo <laughs> hoop. Mm-mm, no, always but, have a partner. Look, hooping. if
3: everybody wants to hoop, I'll hoop. Just saying, okay. I would do it if others are into it.
0: Okay, well there you have it. Okay, and I believe uh, Ryan sent us that list. Thank you, Ryan. You might have just hooped us all. Uh, we also got sent, this article by a couple people, I believe Garrett Fuller sent this to me directly to my personal email. Wow. Um, about Tommy Because he knows you. Because he knows me personally. About uh, Tommy Lee was interviewed. And he said, Methods of Mayhem? Dude. Ahead of its time.
3: <sighs> now... If he means ahead of its time in terms of the fact that 2020 has been a bit of a unrelenting shit show and it was ahead of its time in the way that it is an unrelenting shit show, I would say, yes, Tommy. Mission accomplished. <laughs> you're right.
1: <laughs> so, so you're positing that in 1999... 1999- Tommy Lee was preparing us for the onslaught of bad news that is 2020.
3: Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If I may read Tommy Lee, you're a time lord.
0: He might be a time lord. I I do. This quote. I'm just going to read this quote. I took a heap of fucking bullshit for that. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. I know what it is. It's me being rhythmic. And this is some brand new shit. You're gonna take flack anytime you push like that from your fans because they're used to seeing you do one thing. Anytime you go outside that thing, they're like, what the fuck is this bullshit? I listen to that record now, and that record was way ahead of its time. So interesting interesting angle he takes there where he's basically saying that the only people that were upset about the record were Motley Crue fans.
1: Oh, there were others. There were others. <laughs> well
0: <laughs> There were others. This
1: is- this coming from a Motley Crue not
2: fan.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. If you're asking me to say where's the line of Motley Crue versus Methods of Mayhem, <sighs> that is a true rock and a hard place.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh hey, what do you want me to put on? Doctor feel good mm-hmm. or get naked?
3: I like Doctor Feel Good. I am oh. not. I like Motley Crue. Oh, to a point. To a point. Mm. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I respect it. Okay, I will
1: say that you, in junior high school, "Doctor Feel Good" and "Kickstart My Heart" were pretty unavoidable, and I think, on record, "Kickstart My Heart" is the only song by Motley Crue that I would buy a forty-five of. Like I would say, "Kickstart My Heart" is a winner. Okay. Damn near undeniable.
0: As as I'm talking about this, I'm realizing that Motley Crue probably in the hair metal hierarchy for me was is probably on the higher end. Although, let me ask this. Are we considering Van Halen hair metal or no? Because if we're considering them, then they're the top and everyone is way, way low. I'm not a purist.
1: So I could put Di- I mean, Diamond Dave tassels spandex Mm -hmm. feathered hair yeah crushing it
0: yeah none nobody else in that van band seemed to go along with that no Mm -mm. they i mean very clear from day one different dressing rooms (laughs)
1: yeah very clear day one he was the west borland of that group
0: (laughs) oh boy well uh that's it for hair talk uh thanks. My hair Talk. Hair Talk. Thank you Garrett for sending this illuminating uh interview my way. Much appreciated. Continuing to we, Jenny, we got more people in them DMs.
3: Yes, we do. William Kramer's. <laughs> they slid right in the DMs. Okay. Uh William Kramer says, "Just stumbled onto you guys today. Great suggestion for a band that took me back in the time the moment I put it on." Sound like a huge mix of the 90s heyday. Y'all need to cover three teeth. Shutdown.exe is considered industrial metal, but there's definite new metal mixed in. Metawar, another good album, takes more of a straight new metal form in a lot of the songs with an industrial twinge.
1: Now, Lauren, you are famous for the your three teeth love.
0: So, I, I am famous for... Saying that Three Teeth, the first time I heard them, and I immediately, it was one of those things, I heard a song and then like immediately recorded an episode, and I deemed them the most important band right now. (laughs) Wow. I love you. I love a bold claim. I was Mm -hmm. just like, this rips. Give me on that mic.
3: If the take's not hot, don't bring it. That's right.
0: And I have heard the Meta, is it Meta War, Metaphor? Meta War. Meta War record. I only listened to it once in my car and it felt very samey on that one listen. But as we know, we listened to these albums three times and that three time journey, at least three times, I should say, and giving an album time, things can change. Things can, you know, as, as going back to that first disturbed record, Jenny, you and I were changed people. True. By the end of our listens, we were not the same. So, maybe one to dip into and certainly that one single which i cannot recall what it was now but that guy was hot for it at the time so um i are guess are, are we are we gonna put three teeth on the long list
3: i think we have to
0: i think we have to put him on there with 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 the stank with the stank mm. All right. Well, William, thank you so much for that. Also rolling into our DMs, good friend of the show, Gregory Harden Second, the self-proclaimed king of new metal, sent us this uh, ongoing meme that's going around where it says, Confessions that can get your blank Stan card revoked. And I've seen this for comic books. I've seen this for Marvel. I've seen this for... Uh, harry potter all types of stuff but he sent us a personalized one he says confessions that can get your new metal stand card revoked and initially i thought we will all go around the table and say what the one thing could be but then i thought about it and realized that in our very first episode we did not induct the first corn album into the new metal canon and i think that's it
3: (laughs) yeah
1: I, i think that's it buddy
3: i agree that's probably the top offender that's the
0: top offender if you're going to get your new middle stand card revoked. So thanks for sending it over, Greg. Much appreciated. Uh, Jenny, we also got a tweet from Mike
3: Spawn. We did. Mike Spawn says, me, 2018. This album's only 36 minutes long. That's such bullshit. Me today. This album's only 36 minutes long. That's respectful of my time. Roach coach, what have you <laughs> done to me? And then we got a reply from Schmeev, who says they've only given voice to the temporal anxieties instilled in us by capitalism's demand for constant productivity. Yeah. Hey.
0: I th- I quality think, takes time. I think, I th- yeah, absolutely, and I think. But they don't take
1: like- up too much of my quality time.
0: Matt, you put got it, it on a
1: T-shirt, make it yourself.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: Speaking of T-shirts, yes. Uh, Thank you, everybody, who uh, pre-ordered the t-shirts. They're all in the mail, Uh, but it seems that the U.S. Postal Service is being dismantled, so hopefully you got... Well, I gave everybody a tracking number, so you're all good. And we did do our drawing, and if you missed it, Justin Kramer, the big winner of the Lincoln Park t-shirt, or or poster, not t-shirt, poster. Cool, fun fact, Justin Kramer was the first order all the way back in March. Wow.
3: wow.
0: Patience rewarded. Cole Dowden
1: was the winner of the Tenacious D poster. Um, by the way, neither of these have shipped yet. I, I need to find a safe way to ship posters. and I should have thought about that in these six months that I had uh, before I drew a name. But hey, you know, planning. Uh, but he won that. And Cole Dowden, fun fact, the only person to order both varieties of t-shirts
3: Ooh. wow Wow! Ooh. thank oh.
1: you everybody uh, who bought a t-shirt uh, we really hope you enjoy them thank you sweet mitchell for making the dream a reality thank you jenny and lauren for putting up with me Incessantly taking over the microphone and the newsfeed to be like,
3: hey, can you buy a t shirt, please? Matt, that's not how your voice even sounds. It's not
0: how you sound. It's not how you sound. <laughs>
3: oh, God, I buy a t shirt. No, that's better. That's closer. There that's it is. That's You nailed it.
0: And, well, Matt, you're going to love this next segment. It's a new segment. We've never done it on the show before, but now is the time. Jenny, it's called Whose Birthday Is It?
3: Matt, it's your birthday. Wait a uh, minute, what? It was your birthday yesterday. Uh, and uh, about Matt's birthday, Cole and says, Happy birthday to the OG, the man behind the boards, the one, the only. He puts the bump in the bumper, and the rolling, and keep it rolling. Lots of emojis.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you, Cole.
3: Yeah, Matt, you got... We, we threw up a special...
0: T- birthday tribute to you and let me tell you maybe we don't do the podcast anymore and we just post pictures of you on facebook because the <laughs> likes and everybody coming in i was like clearly we know i mean we we had a lot of great comments we wanted to read a few because some of these were these were great uh mosher mag said happy birthday matt we love you like jenny loves vampires and lauren loves filter that's love baby that's love that's love
3: candidate music says happy birthday funky can never worship the human face always refuse <laughs> you know baby
1: <laughs> did somebody order something funky <laughs> uh
0: always. yes they did de- they always do uh derek for real said happy birthday prowler yeah baby
3: yeah baby M Fife, thank you. Says HBD, Mr. Mansion, cake, bottle emoji, needle emoji.
1: I'd like to party a party it's me. Hey, trust me, she
3: I have a lot of characters You do, Matt. You do. <laughs> you do. We're <laughs> making They're you kind kind work of... to receive Am your I birthday. Here? Is
1: it me it's me, Chuggy Chad? Am I in this? Uh... Does anybody remember me?
3: Well, next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh did anybody remember me as fancy matt oh fancy
0: matt we're did we get some deep cut characters and i'm here to talk about the bible it's uh, bible man oh bible Matt! no one forgets bible Matt. uh alan smock said up here in my new activate the pit shirt getting the party pit started with three pits happy birthday matt Nas! And, and he posted a pic indeed of him with his three pits rocking his activate the pit tee. thank you alan
3: uh Keith Rockford says, Happy birthday, Matt. The pit is activated. And he gave us a little limp biscuit gift. Happy birthday. Love it.
0: Austin Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Austin Counts said, Happy birthday to the goat. Keep on rolling, baby. Yeah, baby.
3: Uh Esme Louise says, All right, partner, keep it rolling, baby. You know what time it, it is. Keep it rolling, baby. You know what
0: time it is. Uh, Garrett Fuller said, I put some Robitussin in the cakes so Charles Manson can enjoy some too.
1: I just told this story the other day on uh, Toomey's podcast, but I went to see Ministry Helmet and Sepultura Live. And before we went, we stopped at Rite Aid. And one of the guys that I went with bought a bottle of Robitussin so he could robo-trip. And my brother goes... Dude, I have vodka in the trunk. <laughs> what are you doing? That's a true story. That's hey.
0: that guy. That guy was for real.
1: Oh, that guy is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen him recently. Oh
3: no.
0: <laughs>
1: it has not gone well. Oh no. Don't robo trip, that's all I'm yeah, saying.
3: Yeah, and if you okay. have always time. To turn her around. (laughs) Always time
1: to pump them brakes. You can
3: find your robo stride.
1: Asking for help isn't weakness. It also
0: could be strength. And we got one more message.
3: (laughs) My birthday's
1: turned into a weird cautionary advice thing. (laughs) Well, this will be
3: the the twist it needs. Uh, Eric Wilek says, uh, well, he didn't say anything. In fact, he just sent a YouTube video of ICP birthday bitches
0: there it is so there you go
3: happy birthday matt
0: thank you guys happy birthday matt and finally we 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 end our who's tweeting segment every week now it seems and no complaints from me or anyone here on the show with another selection from andrew wolf's roachamundations
1: roachamundations
0: we still Uh, got a bunch to go we got so many hot ones jenny who we got this week
3: all right this week we're going to listen to Siler Golden Retreat. That's S Y L A R.
1: This is Siler with Golden Retreat.
3: We get a siren. What do we do to deserve a siren?
0: Oh boy! Wow. Pitbull. That was. I mean, plus <laughs> we got that mic check up top. Where he's like, "I'm checking this mic because I'm about to go in." <sighs>
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: That's
1: talking pretty, about going in. Talking about is
0: it. In. Is it time, Lauren? It's time. Okay. Last Friday, an album came out. By a band called D V S R. Never heard of these guys. Haven't heard of them. Apparently, they've been around for a while. They're from Australia, I believe. Someone hopped up on Twitter and said, "Roach Coach." Do you guys, you guys, hear this D V S R record? I'm like, I don't know what this is. What is this? I put this thing on. peeled my lid back. Whatever that is. Flip my lid. I don't know. Can't even. Blew my mind. I immediately sent it to both of you, Matt. You listen to it, Jenny. You're busy, so we are gonna play a track for you now, Matt. Which track are you feeling? Which one do you think we need? We should hit her with.
1: I mean, you could just hit her with. I got hit right out the gate with the first track. This is true. But, there, but if you
0: have one that you're like, you know what? There is one because I. So I listened to this album while I was driving around to get Mexican food, and I was in the parking lot of a restaurant called El Nopal. And one of these songs started, and I was like, hoo, 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 hoo. I just like chuckled and laughed, and it, it was a whole thing. So I think, I think the one we should play is T.N. Tax. Here we go. This
1: is T.N. Tax. The album West Technique by DVSR.
3: how dare you <laughs> you lure me in with the promise of new metal only to turn on me <laughs> uh, that sounds pretty interesting are we gonna do we has this already been added to the long list
0: um, I mean, these guys have been added to like my life. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. <laughs> hey, look, the long
3: list. <laughs> I don't watch it's the long, long list life. all the time. Okay. <laughs> who state just got on there? There's a lot going on. That's
0: right. No. Oh yeah. D- these guys definitely on the long list. This is another band where I was like, who do I need to talk to, to help like with this vaccine development to experiment on my body? Cause I need DVSR to get on the road, mm. get me to some shows. literally me in the back of the pit so i can just kind of bob a little bit safely listen to this album it's what 12 is it 12 tracks 11 tracks what do we got 13 tracks 44 minutes
3: nice length
0: 13 tracks that means that was 13 times where i went and either out loud or thought to myself
3: this motherfucker's oh, wow spit. wow Fucker i'll spit. go see this show by myself
0: oh jenny what you want <laughs> stand? A... stand with us as we we turn <laughs> no. to you
3: at every song and go jenny is this no is I'm, gonna this like, like, from... I'm gonna be like i'm gonna be like the phantom of the opera like <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to be slowly <laughs> rowing in my moat under the theater wherever they play
1: man if that theater has a chandelier they're oh. in for it oh, oh yeah. yeah
3: we'll all go to the pantages theater to, <laughs> to see dvsr by oh,
0: yeah. phantom by foe uh really the only way to see dvsr is at the pantages i think so i don't even remember who sent us that one but thank you for everything <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that is it for Who's Tweeting. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your recs. Send us your thoughts. Uh, Send us whatever. And now it is time for the continuation of Side Project Summer with Big Dumb Face, the record Duke Lion Fights the Terror. Jenny, when did this album come out?
3: This album was released on March 6th, 2001.
0: Matt, That's still the thick of it. Yeah. Still the thick of it. Jenny, will start with you. History with Big Dumb
3: Face. So I didn't listen to it when it came out. Um, I wasn't aware of it when it came out. But I listened to it um, a few years later. I thought it was like interesting. Kind of put it down. Haven't listened to it until... Like I haven't listened to it in years until we picked it up for the show. How about right. you, Lauren?
0: So this was a record that I was aware it was coming because there was the first thing I'd heard about was like West Borland did a solo record. I was like, Okay, I'm in. I'm in I'm in. Like this is post chocolate starfish. This is the peak of biscuit. I'm like, Yeah, give it to me. But then you hear the rumors, it's kind of nuts, it's kind of weird. My college radio station got a promo copy. They got the promo pack. So we had Duke Lion posters, we had the CD, and we had a t-shirt, which was just this album cover, just in a big square on the center of a black t-shirt. Wore the shit out of this shirt. I don't know if I have it anymore. It probably doesn't fit me anymore. But yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, pro- I definitely wore the shirt more times than I listened to the album, but there were a couple songs that I would pick out and play on my college radio station. Uh, so I was, uh, I was well aware of it. And yeah,
1: Matt. Oh, I'm full aware of this album, but I never bought it. We had a promo at the record store. I think we flipped through it. All of us went, what? And we never listened to it again. I've seen the video for Duke Lion. I've listened to the second record uh, quite a bit more. I actually really like the second record, but this record I have not gone back to for a revisit.
0: Okay. So uh, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, we there was a, Someone sent us a message. I think we read it on the show a couple weeks ago where they said, when you do Big Dumb Face, you should have Wes on. And mm. so... I did reach out to Wes on multiple formats and asked him to be on the show. And he did not respond and that is fine. But I just wanted to let everybody know we made the effort. Hey. And the door's always open.
3: That's right. We tried. Right. We tried. We, we tried.
0: A, we gave it we gave it we gave it the try. Jenny, who's in Big Dumb Face?
3: Uh, On this record, we've got Wes Borland on vocals, guitars, electric bass, and banjo. Scott Borland, who is Wes's uh, older brother, younger brother, younger brother, younger, younger. Uh, On keyboards, turntables, and vocals. Kyle Weeks on vocals, bongos, and sampling. And Greg Isabel on drums and vocals.
0: There we go. Wes is the producer on this album. Jenny, genre tags.
3: We got death metal and comedy metal.
0: Mm-hmm. And the la- we, we don't always talk about the label. This was released on the Flip Interscope Flawless label. So for a lot of the talk of like, oh, this is completely away from Limp Bizkit. Fred's basically executive producer on this thing. So he definitely gave it a pass and said sure. And we found I think it's something we can just talk about now. We found an interview with Wes um from after he had quit Limp Biscuit and they were talking to him about at the time his his new band that never came to be eat the day, but then they asked him a little bit about this record. And this I think this interview is from like 2002, 2003, Jenny. I think that's when it's from. Uh yep. And he basically says like this was just him getting the comedy out of his system.
3: Yeah. He he basically says, I was in a band that was really famous and a lot of people paid attention to. And I, I just wanted to see what they'd pay attention to. I wanted to see what we could get away with. Like, this is so stupid. And I just wanted to see if people would like follow it around because I was famous. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, well, we're those idiots that are talking about it 20 (laughs) years later. So
0: We finally caught up. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So he was right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He said in an interview that the uh, another interview that the album is really silly and idiotic and bizarre. It's nothing but stupid. The Deseret News described the album as riotous meanderings that tap into early grindcore grooves and captain Beefheart psychedelica and there are two reviews one from all music two and a half stars and entertainment weekly who gave it an unfavorable review mm. the all music review was by kieran mccarthy who described the album as a mediocre ween ripoff And Robert Cherry at EW said, dumb, check. Big, not likely, but at least Duke Lion Fights the Terror isn't only about the nookie.
3: Wow.
0: Whoa. Okay. He really missed an
3: opportunity to say, face, get out of mine.
0: (laughs) Jenny, you could have been a staff writer at Entertainment (laughs) Weekly.
3: You know, it's not too late. it's
0: It's not not too late late. it's not too late late. never too late all right well that so that's what people were saying about the record oh i have a physical copy here we should definitely talk about this album art jenny we got a lot going on here
3: yeah it's very big old like b sci-fi movie vibes going on
1: oh like a flash gordon type
3: yes lauren what do you think you got very quiet uh,
1: so yeah, you get way too like, wait, Does sorry. it not?
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, I'm sorry. That's I was, just I was, my opinion. No, I don't no, no, know. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm looking at it. I doubt everything
0: I just said. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm looking at it, and it's 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 really a mix of so much that you can say one thing, and be right, because you've got robots, you've got rocket ships, you've got floating demon heads. You have a man covered or a demon covered in bones. You have a man with a baby coming out of his head. Or is that a baby with a baby coming out of its head? There's a woman with, I think she's got eight arms. Uh, and then you have in the middle, who I assume is Duke Lion, armored up, blonde hair, holding his sword in the air. This is, as I understand it, a concept record. So we'll get into that. In the uh, in the actual liner notes itself, uh, in the booklet, we get uh, little bits of art with uh, the characters and their accompanying... I guess you get to, you know who everybody is. So actually the weird, well, I, actually I will go through and I can, I can tell you which each one as we do, as we go through each, each uh, character on the cover um, has a song about it. So they will all get their own song. This was a big thrift. Pick this up from second and Charles for a sweet $3.
3: That's a great deal.
0: There it is.
3: All right. You want to get right. into this?
0: Let's Let's get into this thing.
3: All right, the first track is called Burgleweist.
0: start with you. Thoughts on Burgleweiss?
1: Number one I mean uh, Grindcore makes me laugh. Grindcore type things. It probably shouldn't but it's so like I don't know. It's so weird to me because it's aggressive it's pounding but then it's also so ridiculous and kind of full of itself in a way. Not, I'm not trying to disrespect Grindcore. I, I don't know that much about it to you, be able to be like... Do you guys just want me that? to
3: go? Do you guys just what? want me to go? <laughs> I'm joking. No, I want you to stay. <laughs> no, no, uh, it's okay. <laughs> you just keep talking trash
1: about Grindcore, Matt. But no, I mean, it just is... When he says these are dumb songs, it's like, yeah, they're dumb, but I liked it. I liked that song. It has a very Mr. Bungle breakdown there like that type of chord change always makes me think of bungle so i like the vocals i like that it's preposterous the lyrics are ridiculous but i'm i'm here for it i'm living for that one i liked it
0: jenny you are a known lover of grindcore (laughs)
3: uh i liked it i thought it It was definitely, it felt like a heavy song that was put together in a way that was sort of like winking and laughing at heavy songs. That said though, like I, I liked it. It was not, I mean, this, this whole album is like all over the place, which, you know, I think is the point, but I agree, Matt. It also gave me Mr. Bungle vibes and, and I like Mr. Bungle, um, So, you know, I wasn't mad. I was there for it. I was curious to see where the rest of this journey would take us. Lauren, what did you think?
0: It's funny listening to this record. I think I hadn't listened to it in a long time, but I know when I first listened to this record with like my roommates in 2001, we were all like, what is this? This is not our vibe. This is not how we roll. I was not, I've not been nor will probably ever be a grindcore boy and so so this one for me i mean honestly i got like guar vibes from it but i feel it's more like lyrically and uh but it is weird how like going through and having heard like a touch of other like metal in this zone in this genre how you can tell this is a joke Versus that other stuff is 100% serious and no one's kidding around. And it's funny how the tone pops out like that. And I don't even know if I can even point to the thing. It's just the whole vibe of it is like, this is not as serious. This is not serious. We are joking. Also, clearly, I mean, joke records about metal and rock in 2001, this same year as Tenacious D's self-titled interesting coincidence there we go yeah Songmeanings.com. two comments from uh brad's r0138 who said who the hell said that a song needs to mean something what happened to just having fun this song is a great sound
3: <laughs> there you go thanks brad thanks, Brad. Uh, and Portilize says, what does Burgleweist mean? The song sounds like it's describing some form of hell. Um, you know, Lauren, you said that each of these songs corresponds to a character and that's outlined in the liner notes, correct?
0: Correct. So the Burgleweist is the creepy guy baby with a baby coming out of his head. And he is surrounded by Flames and i gotta say yeah oh you know what here it is burgle weist this is in the lyrics burgle weist and throwing numbers human insanity with glowing forehead and draining monkey salivator so maybe he's got a glowing forehead maybe that's a monkey coming out of there not a baby either way either way disturbing
3: Either way.
0: Either way.
3: Either way, we've dipped our toes into Duke Lion Fights the Terror, and I think we should keep going. What do you think, boys? Let's do, oh. it. Let's do it. All right. Up next Duke Lion.
1: Four times, <laughs> this is this. I get it. Yeah, I get, like he's fucking taking the piss out of everybody, and that's the first time I've heard Duke Lion in a long time. It works, guys. That song works. Oh, all
0: right, all right.
3: you heard it it's... here first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i'm the only one saying it but that song works and this was the single which cracks me up and the one they made a video for which is very very low budget them on a white sound stage basically in their tidy
0: whiteys
3: a mark of the era i have to say this was the tidy whitey boys running around time
0: absolutely this video watching it did take me right back i it's so funny to think about what he said though how yeah i'm in this big band i can i have a blank check to do whatever i want i'm gonna make this total goofball record and see who sticks around for it because that's the thing i saw this video multiple times like it was running on like this college music video stage station that would play in the cafeteria so i saw it what, I remember that, yeah, yeah. And so I saw West Borland rolling around in his tidy whities while eating lunch for like three months. You know, this thing got this thing got a push. This thing got more of a push because the other thing is think about a lot of the side projects we've done so far this year. How many of them would you say like we didn't even know device existed, you know? Mm -hmm. these are all these things but i feel like i've talked to a lot of people and the and uh, about the show and have you and then you bring up west and somebody's like oh big dumb face it seems like everybody heard about this record in some capacity and has never forgotten it
1: it was on flip
0: interscope (laughs) there you go was this record was this record commercially successful jenny
3: i i mean it It's peak position on the Billboard 200 was 194. Again, higher than anything I've ever (laughs) put out. Uh, And on U.S. Heat Seekers, it was at 16. But um, no, I don't think that this really reached any level of commercial success.
0: The one thing I... Yeah, it's too bad we don't have any numbers. Because the thing I am thinking about is, okay, 194 on the Billboard 200. It's kind of low, but it is the Billboard 200, and it's the Billboard 200 in 2001. This thing might have cleared 20,0, 300,000 copies, <laughs> you know, over yeah. its lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah. I don't think there would be anything to make Wes laugh
0: harder than a, than a gold record for two <laughs> clients. Probably, probably. So, we're talking laughs. We're talking about having fun. But then you got to go over to songmeanings.com. Lord. Where there is something that we have never seen before, Jenny. It's a war of downvotes.
3: It is a war of downvotes. And it's a lot of words that you just don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got a lot. So this is probably the dumbest song I've ever heard downvote Yeah but the music video is hilarious downvote I want to kill Wes Borland now he was better off in Limp Biscuit no actually Limp Biscuit number 1 is worse than Limp Biscuit but still not gonna say it downvote
0: happy little demigod said it's intended to be carefree and silly if you're an uptight fuck nut with no sense of humor don't blame Wes yes limp does suck but BDF is the one of the is one of the most original bands that I've ever heard downvoted
3: uh, Kijma says Wes was all the talent in Limp Biscuit. glad he left he's funny as hell downvoted <laughs>
0: leviathan 90 said you're an idiot Wes was the only person in limp biscuit who wasn't a fucking mainstream poser i only like limp biscuit because of west i'm glad he left and this song is meant to be funny you blank wanker you got no sense of humor or something Downvote. are these all from
1: like 2002 2003 yeah. yes matt yeah <laughs> of course
3: uh the anti-pop said it's not a song i would define as great but yeah it's funny and that's cool still when i want funny crazy strange music i usually listen to primus downvoted
0: <laughs> there was it, it was ruthless it was truly ruthless Being it was the worried-
3: same person that downvoted all of these oh this- really It was all this, like, Portillo-Lize person. And
1: and their name was Bess (laughs) Warlin. Yeah.
3: No, no, Wes is cool. Wes Wes is cool. It's tough out there.
0: Yeah. So Um, what what do the liner notes
3: say about Duke Lion?
0: So Duke Lion, we have the picture. Duke Lion is indeed the blonde man uh, with the glowing yellow sword here. Um, He is standing in front of a mountain vista. The sun poking its head over the horizon. Yeah, this song is basically just listing off all of the great things about Duke Lion. He has a golden sword that can shoot up balls of fire. His special armor makes him never tire. His magical arrows fly like sparrows. He fights for good, for free. He's not for hire. So he's a man who's working for the people and he cannot be
3: bought. Robin Hood vibes.
0: Big Robin Hood vibes.
3: All right. We ready for the next one?
0: Let's do it. Let's do it.
3: Up next, we've got Callie is the Sweet Hog.
0: That down pretty quick. Are you not a fan of chipmunk vocals?
1: Actually, I am. I don't, I especially now because there's chipmunk vocals everywhere. I mean, every soul sample that Kanye West ever used, baby.
0: Too true. Too true. Oh, did you guys actually?
1: Yeah. I didn't have a problem with the song. I just, I didn't, it felt like that was the chorus right before it went back into more of the verse. It felt very Devo. It had a very Devo feel to me.
0: It did. That is a good that is a good observation. It did have a Devo vibe. And this is really when I was just like this is we're just on a journey of whatever Wes was feeling that day. And I would part of the reason I wanted on the show cuz I wanted to get the feeling of like he says it's, you know, he said that kind of dismissively, we're goofing around, but was there a sense And maybe you guys, do you get a sense that there may have not really been a plan beyond, like, hey, this is a funny thing, and we'll see it through, but we're not going to, like, spend a lot of time on it?
3: I mean, he... I can't remember which interview it was, but he said it's like if you ever drink a lot or do a lot of drugs and say, oh, man, wouldn't it be funny if we did this thing, and then you actually followed through on it? Um and that is 100% what this feels like.
1: Oh, yeah. This feels like that conversation and then, you know, where you come up with, you know, the fart monster and then you go and record a fart monster song. Oh, God. That gets released by Flip Universal.
3: <sighs> yeah. If you remove that part of the equation, I, I couldn't have related to a sentiment more than being like, guys, what if we just listen and then... Wait, wait, <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. What if we just made a song? I mean, look, <laughs> that's half the shit I've ever created in my life, so I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it.
0: I'm not mad at it, but I will say that it seemed a little... I remember on one listen, I was like, I like the bop to it. And it has a cool little rock out ending. And part of me wonders if it was sang... Like, they put it together and they sang it straight. Or he just sang it normally. And he listened to it and he went, "Mm, this is too listenable. Let's jack with the vocals to just make it a little bit weird like that a little bit like that someone would be like i hate this you know what i mean that seems to be there's some other moments on this album that seem to be little tweaks on what would otherwise be a pleasant experience and then he's like oh no, no 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 my bad let me make it a little unpleasant because as much as you said matt that the, the, comparing it to the chipmunk vocal of like yeah like a kanye west sample or something like that this seems to be on the other end of that you know the, the difference between listening to slow jams and this you know is like yeah. yeah
1: well i think that's why i said devo because devo would do something like that where they would take you know number one there's there's a drum machine in this song so that's something that you really haven't heard artistically from him and then there's you know there's not really a heavy guitar song. It's actually more of an acoustic guitar sound coming at you, coming at you, and so it's kind of like, yeah, I would think that the idea of speeding up the vocals or pitching the vocals up kind of leads to a different aesthetic, because I can't believe I'm about to do this, guys. But here we go. Oh, multiple interviews. Wes has said that he's a visual artist, which he is. I mean, he paints, he works in mixed media, he's made tons of things that you can see on his uh, Instagram page. He has drawn this, and when he was a guitarist in Limp Bizkit, he made it like performance art. He wore a costume every single time. So I think there is a piece of my brain that says... I wonder who this guy is. And then he puts out a solo record and is like, you ain't ever going to know. <laughs> you know, you know, like, I'm all of this. You make sense of it. It's not my job to make sense of myself to you.
0: That's a good point, Matt. That's a good point. I guess I did fail to mention that. That West did all of the artwork for the album, Um, So all the drawings, all the paintings are by him. It even says in the, uh, in the, uh, the liner notes, all artwork by me, parentheses, Wes. So for this one, it is the blue woman with, um, I believe these, I I stand corrected. She has 10 arms and they are holding various weapons, uh, a burning plate. I'm assuming it's a burning plate of cheese, Opa. And also I think this is a banana. I don't know. She's ready for anything really. Anything that comes along, and I will say, for as much as this thing is uh, weirdly done, and some of this artwork is a little unusual, the lyrics are all very easy to read. This is a very easy to read bit of liner notes here. So, thank okay. you, Wes, for that.
3: That's a service. That's a service so she, right there.
0: So she's kind of like a Shiva. Uh, I'll go to the. I'll go to the lyrics, Matt. There's something in the heart of Lord Kali. Kali lights the children's heads on fire and causes disease to spread. But Kali is our friend and Kali is the sweet hog. Mount the sweet hog. So, you know what? It's it, What it is is it's when you go to a party and you bring your friend and you say to him, listen, these are friends from work. Be cool. And then... 20 30 minutes into the party you're talking to somebody by the fridge and then you hear someone go who's the dude who's the dude who's messing with the stereo and you're like fuck and you got to go get him because there he is over there taking apart he's like i just want to see what the cones look like i'm his audiophile just let me look at the cones and you're like dude so taking the stereo equipment apart at the party wow. and i
1: apologize for saying uh, shiva I don't know. Uh, I didn't know my god's uh, Durga. Durga has ten arms. There you go.
3: I was ten arms. silently pissed over here. <laughs> I knew that oh, you would be. Oh, yeah. So I tried right. to get
1: in that retraction fast because your eyes said oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> oh, Matt.
3: yeah. I love condemning you guys. <laughs> it's like my top quarantine hobby. <laughs>
1: Uh, Chastising
0: you
3: two, uh, just you two. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I know, I know. You walked
0: up the stairs and you said to Mitch, "You're like, I'm about to chastise those motherfuckers for two hours. I'll see you in a bit."
3: Yeah, he said, "Good for you, honey. Good for you. <laughs>
0: give, em give, give,
3: give them, them it. Give them. Give them it. Yeah." <laughs> Give him oh, that it. common
0: turn of phrase. That common turn of phrase. Everybody uses.
3: Give him it. It's, Give em it. Yeah, it's Give written in it. like a, a really whimsical cursive font in our kitchen, <laughs> It's right
1: above the stove. He made T-shirts for everybody. Oh please, oh, yeah. Give it. please Give em do. Em
3: it. All right, up next we've got blood red head on fire.
0: This one was a pretty good ripper. You know, it's got, once again, that tinge of humor, but this one feels like it's a little more dedicated to being a ripper. And I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Jenny, what'd you think?
3: I had a lot of fun listening to this song. I agree that it was a little bit, it, it definitely was still trying to be funny, but it, it felt like I, I liked the heaviness of it and it felt like it was... it. Felt more listenable to me, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I was into it. Matt, how about you?
1: I was into it. I like the propulsion of the song. Um, Very Guar esque lyrics. Like, I could see Guar pulling off something like that as well. I like how serious something so ridiculous is being taken. Like, it's just a blood redhead that flies through the air. But it's like really, really being talked about seriously.
0: The thing I've noticed is that when describing a lot of these characters, the Burgleweiss, Duke Lion, Kali, and now the Blood Redhead on Fire, as much as they are warnings, they are still... There's a level of admiration for all of these characters. and And maybe that's the joke with it, that this is maybe a tale being told. And so everybody everybody gets a nice thing said about him but it's like with the blood red head on fire in the lyrics it says if you think you're badass and you try to stand your ground it will look into your eyes and make its awful sound then it will suddenly fly at you and hit you in your head or chest and your body will disintegrate because the blood red heads the best
3: There you go
0: it's gonna take you out but man he's one of the best he's one of the best uh songmeanings.com, once again interesting things going on here i had marked down all these as being uh, jenny did you have a favorite comment from
3: here you know i did kishma says you've got death metal sung by a giant troll munchkin songs munchkin death metal and more good good shit
0: You love some good, good shit. Embryo System says, I love this band. I'm so glad that Wes left Limp Bizkit to forge ahead and write crazy songs. Though not 100% original, each song is different. A mix of Clutch, Mr. Bungle, Ween, and Death Metal. You can't just pick one band. Still, anything written here is better than LB any day of the week. Bravo, big dumb face. Wow. Wow. And then... Happy Little Demigod said, I had an interesting conversation with a friend about this band. He hypothesized that the big dumb face is Fred Durst's giant ego-driven head. You know when you're having an interesting conversation with a friend? And
3: they... I mean,
1: I feel like we're having an interesting conversation right now. We're Absolutely. doing
3: a lot of hypothesizing, I'd say. And then you suddenly say, listen, I'm
0: enjoying our conversation, but I got to get to a computer because I got to log on to song Meanings and let them know what you just fucking
3: said, bro. Yeah. Like, don't at me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't at me, bro. Don't,
0: don't at me. Man. Don't at me. And yeah, the uh, picture of the uh, the – Blood Red Head on Fire has him angrily floating through a dark graveyard, the moon visible
3: in the sky. Very nice. All right, up next, we've got Space Adventure.
2: And make new friends, or we'll hold it, and a game. It's fun to learn the game and we all play well. We to the We When we land, we make new friends, and a we like fun, games fun. fun is good, good. We on
0: <laughs> So that this song is bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this, this one's not for me. You know what? That's okay.
0: Yeah, this one. I'm, why yeah. am I turning into a big dumb face apologist? Matt, defend Space Adventure now!
1: <sighs> Here, it isn't great. It isn't. Strong
0: start. Okay. <laughs> strong,
1: strong defense right off the bat. Yeah, it's not great. But what it is, is something that you don't see pretty much at all from a major label. And that's a huge ball swing risk. This is like Zappa. Like, no wonder they said Beefheart. Um, although I do find Beefheart a little bit more uh, inaccessible. Like... There's chord structures in here, and the song makes, makes sense. Whereas Beefheart just sounds, at least to me, the stuff that I've heard when I think of uh, Trout Mask Replica, um, difficult uh, to ascertain what the fuck's going on. This is a song. So it reminds me a lot more of like Zappa, Yellow Snow, things along the song, Yellow Snow. As not enjoyable as it may or may not be, and it's not a super enjoyable song, there is a part of me that goes you made Flip Interscope pay for this (laughs) There, there is a little bit of that and it's just like that's a that's that's something
3: yeah I mean within the context of this album and like the whole vibe it makes total sense like listening to this album the the first time I listened to it recently I was like a little bit like oh what the hell like as each song came through which i think is the point but the the second and third time i listened to it i was like yes this all makes sense as like a whole album like i think that's it's the point i think the point is that it's dumb and it sounds like a like a dumb kid's song or something like these songs are all dumb and it it's <laughs> and, what and like that's the, that's the intention and it is it's it's in the the name of the band it's every interview or evaluation west has ever done of this is like yes these are very stupid songs so <laughs> yeah like that that totally makes sense i don't know it
1: does it sounds like when my cousins and um my brother and i would be together we would just goof around and we pull out a Casio and turn on the drum loop, the one drum loop that it had. And then like play the only chord that we know and make dumb stuff up. And then like someone would bring, and I know that Wes has said this, like he did something with his brother. I want to say where they would just, when they were kids or when they were young, they would just record and just make goofy stuff up and, kind of half edit it half not and just play around and it definitely has like that feel of you can hey kids you could make this if you wanted to
0: Mm. yeah the thing that really i noticed on my listens especially the later ones was that just i found this song just to be very annoying you know in a way that i'm not used to hearing because it is so purposely annoying it's 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 a bit like that joke in dumb and dumber where he's like want to hear the most annoying sound in the world and <laughs> he like screeches his voice like this is like hey you want to hear the most annoying song and then i mean just everything about it nothing about it is pleasurable to listen to for me and it's not even the worst song i've ever heard it's just like it's not yeah it's not even like it's just annoying just like irritating so well done this is one of the least interesting art pieces in the liner notes it's just uh, space just little dots indicating space literally about exploring space so there you go so
3: boring (laughs) Lauren shrugged and made a meh face exploring space the
0: the universe the vast unknown yeah
3: whatever
0: where are the riffs Wes
3: yeah there we go. Take him take him to task. You left Limp Biscuit for this? Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> limp yeah. Biscuit could go to space. You don't know. You just don't know.
0: Oh, man, could yeah. you oh, Limp Biscuit in space? They they tear it mm. up, man. The moon mm-hmm. doesn't know what's coming. Oh yeah. Alright! Free in
3: space! <laughs> John Otto Take us to the bridge. Oh man, what if what if uh, what a dream. Okay. Oh good idea. You know what? Don't mm-hmm. rule it out. That's all I'll say. I'm Absolutely. not I don't have any information that you don't have, but I'll just say don't <laughs> rule it out. <laughs> all right.
1: Just put it out just, there. I'm
3: putting out I'm putting out what I want back. <laughs> and uh
1: our, <laughs> You're really secreting this. I
3: am you should see my vision board. It's just Limp Bizkit on the moon. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been this way for 20 years. I don't know. <laughs> um, Love it. Love it. All right. Up next, we got Fight and Stance.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 Come? To oh, hell. You know what? Goddamn. All right. All right.
0: The note I have for this song, which I enjoy much more than Space Adventure, is that with some of these songs, you get the joke very quickly, and then you just get to hear it looped for like two and a half minutes. Because with this song, I feel like I got the joke, and then it's like, well, we've, we've got more songs. We're gonna just repeat the joke. And this is once again that thing that I've said before about how I am very picky about funny songs. Joke music. Doesn't really always work for me. So in this case, I, I got it. I, I got I got the bit. I think it I think it peaks out at about fifteen to twenty seconds into the song. But we got a whole lot of song left. So that was that was my main takeaway. Not a bad experience, but I got it. And then you just sort of politely sit through the rest as you should. Jenny?
3: Uh, Actually, I kind of liked this song. It gave me like a Mike Patton swagger vibe going. And I think I, I enjoyed that. Like if we're making, if we're like evaluating the different kind of jokes and humor that we get here, like as each character comes through, this would be, a joke in character that I would like just some like big, dumb idiot that's like throwing swagger around That's So I think like maybe for me, this one, I was, I was good with it. I enjoyed it. Matt, what do you think?
1: It, it also seemed to kind of point out. It, it is probably the one that some people could go, this one's about Limp Bizkit fans. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're just trying to be so tough and then he's making fun of them. But the song has a real, um,
3: morphine.
1: Yep. Morphine. It, it had a very morphine vibe to me.
3: I see. I okay. don't have a lot of frame of reference for morphine. My silence wasn't like earlier when Lauren was so silent
0: Sorry you guys Sometimes (laughs) I'm just thinking Thinking way too much for a podcast Um, Let's see I'm going to take a risk Take a risk
1: Take a risk And I'm going to play a morphine song
0: Listen Wes took a risk You can take a risk
1: This is Buena
3: Yeah Yeah
1: is it the song we just heard? I, I,
3: mean, I think you your risk paid off, Matt, because yeah. you're right. Damn. You're right. And that's the only proper outcome time. of taking a risk. Yeah, that's the only time. Once again, <laughs> I just love to rip you guys down as much as I can.
1: <laughs>
0: man, Jenny, you really put me in my place. Oh, man.
3: I uh, can't wait to continue I... to just...
0: It, it literally, like, give, it to, him? Oh, give it, yeah. it to him,
3: give him, give him to him, just give like, it him. <laughs> just, <laughs> what Mitch, give him, give it. him, it. what it.
0: Mitch said, what Mitch said <laughs> verbatim, yeah. direct quote from Sweet Mitchell, not so sweet tonight. If no, that's what he's saying no. to you right before you came up,
3: yeah, he hissed, give him it. I said, okay. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: man. See, listen. Sometimes you're sweet <laughs> Mitchell. Sometimes you're sour Mitchell. He's real.
3: Right? <laughs> My sour patches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The uh, picture for the uh, for this in the liner notes is of a man sitting on a tree stump drinking a beer. He looks rather sullen. He is in a field, the sky is gray, there is a tree that looks to be dead, it has no leaves. Um, He looks kind of defeated, Um, which I think may be an ironic uh, juxtaposition with these lyrics of like, yeah man, I'm going to take you out, but this guy's got, this guy really? He's got nothing. He's got nothing left. All right, I think we're ready for the next one.
3: All right, up next we've got Organ Splitter.
0: Hello. I wrote in my notes, we riffing, we riffing here. Uh, there's a sample from Strange Brew at one point in the song. And once again, I mean, we are, well, we're riffing. We are winking. We are constantly winking. So I, I think one of the things that I, maybe you feel this way, Matt, about the second uh, Big Dumb Face record is that while it does have some connective humor does it is more dedicated like no no let's let's really rip it up for real and be serious about it and i think that's the thing is knowing especially coming back to this record and listen to a lot of the other stuff that wes has done listen to the second big dumb face record that there is there is a sense of holding back like he could have just made a record of grindcore rippers that were sincere but he was like nah i'm, I'm sticking to my concept which is to, to be a goof to goof to be goofy which i i guess i respect i do respect there you go no guess i stand by it jenny what would you think of organ splitter
3: uh i enjoyed it i yeah i mean like no surprise to anybody who's ever listened to this podcast i'm i'm more here for the heavy songs um the rest of the jokey stuff is fine and it makes sense in the context of the album but I probably wouldn't return to it it also makes sense to me that like maybe at this time I don't know like Wes is just leaving Limp Biscuit. he's like dealing with that fame like it probably feels easier to joke around than to really lean into what you want to do and what you want to be known for doing. Like if you make a record that is kind of like stepping up to the line of things that you're interested in or that you want to do, but you're just like, this is dumb. It's just like a joke. It's just like a dumb fucking joke. Like who cares if anybody likes it? It's just a dumb joke. That's a lot easier, I think, to deal with, especially if you are in the spotlight that much as they were in 2001 and I mean maybe it was just a dumb joke and like who cares if anybody we will see if like these idiots follow it around or like maybe that was the step toward pursuing more of the like serious and interesting art outside of the like pop culture machine of like new metal and Limp Bizkit at that time I don't know I thought about that quite a bit listening to this like it's dumb yeah but you can see that there are like pieces of committing to a thing here and it's not like ween where like that's your whole fucking thing is to be like I don't know bozos but yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
0: you know what? I love a blanket dismissal like that. Ween bozos.
3: I mean, End right
0: story. <laughs> straight Bozo. up bozos. Is
3: that fair? Absolutely not. But
0: too late. Too late. But is that on record? It's on record, absolutely. baby. That's right. it the right? worst oh, man. thing
3: I've said on this podcast. No. And
1: look, absolutely not.
3: If Ween wasn't a a talented band that resonated with lots of people. They wouldn't be as prolific as they are and around and, and all of that. So, fine. But I guess what I'm saying is like, this feels to I me. I could do without them. Yeah. <laughs> <Plus>. <laughs> <laughs> Ween doesn't Those need. Those bozos? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Those bozos. Yeah, I got them. They probably feel like shit right now. Oh, boy. It just feels. And Wes is like, I put myself in a picture with a Ween t shirt on. <laughs> I just wonder, I just wonder how much of this was like seeing what it would feel like to do something that was more in the direction of something that you actually might want to do without taking that big of a risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Absolutely. Any Anybody think this is a cannibal corpse shot?
3: It could be. Uh.
1: It's called organ splitter, corpse grinder. Conspiracy theory or truth? Wow, you decide.
0: In the liner notes, it's a black and white drawing of a hideous creature with uh, parts that look like chicken legs coming out of it. It's got hair. It's got flippers. It's got hooves. It's got hands. It's got talons. It's got sharp teeth and weird tongues, a snake head, crab legs, little... uh, little modules in the back where it looks like spitting out water or something it's gross Mm. Mm -hmm.
3: all right we ready for this next one let's go here we go we got mighty penis laser
0: So we got a sort of funky bass here.
1: Did somebody order something funky? Funky
0: Ken, I don't know if you're ready for a mighty <laughs> penis laser, my friend.
3: Oh, baby. Well, maybe you are.
0: Maybe you are. Ken.
3: Pew, pew, pew.
0: Oh, shit. Ken, oh. please put Whoa. away your Ken. penis laser. Pew, pew, pew,
3: Pe- pew. Ken, Ken, Ken. Are you saying pubes or pew? <laughs> That's up to you, baby. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh boy. By the way, come back to T Mobile, Jenny. I don't know if I can now. I'm thinking
0: about pressing charges. <laughs> yeah, you that? can't just be yelling pubes, pubes, pubes at people. Yeah. Funny I left can. it
3: up to you. I was saying pew, pew, pew. <sighs> Please don't leave me. I'm out. sorry. T-Mobile. I'm sorry. I need 5G. Um,.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, I have to say with this song, it is, it feels like an in-joke more than a lot of the other songs on here, which I feel like you can find a pretty clear reference point. This one, I I feel like there's, there's gotta be some sort of other in-joke that may be literally, if you were to explain it, it wouldn't, it would make even less sense. You know, it'd be like Dave said this thing one time and we thought it was funny and, and we were just, we just made a whole song out of it. Um, so yeah, this one did feel, I didn't mind it so much, but this one definitely felt like sitting in with people that you like friends of friends and they're all just cracking up and you're like, I'm glad you're having a good time. I should probably leave.
3: Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the first parties I ever went to when I was a teenager, this kid who lived across the street from my best friend he had, his nickname was Hammy. His parents were up north for like an extended period of time. And when we went over there and this, there was this group of friends that was like very tight and they hung out all the time. And I was definitely not a member of the group, but they lived across the street from my best friend. So we snuck out and went across there. And they had all these like drawings up all over the walls of the various members of the group and their nicknames. And there was one, it was this girl named Christine, and it just said, fuck frog under it. And I have no idea what it means, but they'd always be like, yeah, fuck frog. (laughs) And everybody laughs. And they're like, "Ah." and then I did like a shot of aftershock and felt sick. (laughs) Never did learn what fuck frog meant, though. That's my penis laser story. There you go. There you go.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, in the liner notes, I can't tell if this was a deliberate choice or censoring because all it has is it's it has the lyrics written out. It says up top, nothing can stop the mighty penis laser in all red, but the background is all black and there is just a jar floating and so I don't know if there might have been something more explicit behind it. And then they said, you got to black it out. Or if they really just wanted a floating jar. I don't know. We'll we'll never know. Unless Wes comes on the show and we ask him that one thing. And then we say, get out of here. only had one question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he's like, I'm already gone. Already gone. Uh, SongMeetings.com. I, I don't know, Jenny, if you had any comments you really liked. I only had one that I liked
3: uh, we um, probably liked the same one as this a uh, happy little demigod
0: that's the one take it away
3: all right look this is a concept album duke lion fights the terror tells a story and each song is a chapter in the book the mighty penis laser is just one of the spiffy villains he has to overcome like the burning blood red head on fire i know concept albums are hard for morons like you to follow read Pink Floyd's the wall Marilyn Manson's Antichrist superstar and Fear Factory's demanufacture ergo they don't sell well but I personally think it's a hell of a lot more difficult and impressive to produce a concept album and that it takes extra talent and intelligence to write music that isn't just standalone. Agreed. Duke Lion Fights the Terror is a rather silly concept album, but humor is seriously overlooked in modern music. Plus, wouldn't it be awesome to shoot lasers out of your cock? I
0: mean...
1: I was lost until the end, and then I came right... Ergo!
0: Ergo, here too. I mean, strong finish... Uh, I also really enjoy the part where he lists, uh, well, he or she, I don't know, says uh, <sighs> Pink Floyd's The Wall, Marilyn Manson, Antichrist Superstar, Fear Factor, d Manufacture, you know, that don't sell well.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, maybe at release. I, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know, The Wall. Have you guys heard of Pink Floyd? You familiar at all? with Those mm-hmm. guys? A little bit? Uh, thank you. Happy Little Demigod may no one uh, may no one bring you down
3: <laughs> all right up next we've got robot this
2: battle has rigged you see we've got kind of fast, the faster freezies that's the morning all the freakies kill the best bastards kill them all we'll take nothing big or small Follow me, I know the way. Wow,
1: short one, short one.
0: Yeah, I all I wrote in my notes is that it's a decent rocker because some good riffing is literally about robots battling in the liner notes uh it has a picture uh a, a drawing of a robot done in kind of the classical like lost in space type of uh look with uh, little what look like little blimps flying around you know the key is used to turn a lock that activates a huge robot and this robot will kill them all with one huge smash we'll watch them fall thank you robot thank you robot Thank you, robot.
3: Thank you, robot. Up next. You, oh. Jenny
0: any oh. thoughts on robots? <laughs> no. No. No, not.
3: no. I mean it was it was a fun little it was a little jammer, I'd say. Little jammy robot boy. I liked it. Uh we ready for the next one?
0: Let's go. Let's do it. All
3: right. Rebel.
0: Or oh yeah! It's co- it's coming! It's coming! Keep it going, keep it going.
2: I guarantee we'll have a fight. So you see, that you're a rebel.
0: So I got to say, this was this was the, my favorite song on the album when I was in college. It's my favorite song today on this album. I used to play this on my college radio show all the time. I was thinking about what it is beyond just like it's got a strong melody. It's got that cool riff on it. It still has the chipmunk vocals, but I don't mind them here. And I feel like this is one of the few songs I don't feel like this song really fits with the, the concept at all. And it really feels more like an actual thing from his life. We know that Wes grew up in Jacksonville, grew up in the, you know, the American South, for lack of a better word. And certainly, you know, when he talked, you know, his infamous conversation with Toomey, where he went in on this idea of, you know, going home and how, you know, talking to... uh, Aaron Lewis is stained and him being like, you got to go home and him not even really thinking of it as home. I, I listened to, I look at this and, uh, the, the liner notes, uh, it has a drawing of the American flag next to the song title. And then shows a pickup truck, what looks to be on like a dirt road in a field. This feels like, uh, like a, like a jokey dis reference to like people that he grew up with him and his brother grew up with. And, uh, this one i guess i think really something i noticed on this listen was that i like this one because this one felt very like real and personal and in this moment he's kind of letting us in like it's still a joke he's still making fun of something but in a way that's more relatable for the rest of us it's not a musical joke so much as like a, a life reference joke that's my thought jenny
3: i see uh you went way deeper on that than I did. I thought it, it gave me a little bit of like a almost like a bloodhound gang vibe toward the end there, mm. um, which I'm sure nobody would appreciate me saying if they heard it, but I don't think Wes yeah. is going to listen to this. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought it was like, I see what you mean. Like, I can see why this might be the one that you'd pull out to play. Uh, on the radio station i thought it was like a fun little bop and and what you say about the context does make sense to me matt what do you think
1: as you guys well know i'm a big fan of uh, mindless self-indulgence yes and this reminds me of one of their side projects called the left rights where i think they only recorded on one channel at a time like it's really bad and it it came out after this album Um, but man it, it definitely has that same kind of fucking around feel to it
3: there you have it
0: there you have it
3: we only have a couple left alright up next we've got Voices in the Wall Ooh.
0: This one is a bit of a moody boy, but if this one feels more, I wrote in my notes, feels more like a real song, whatever that means. It's, it. uh, I didn't, I, I didn't mind this one. It kind of made sense where it was, uh, as much as I, I, a moody boy, when I don't really feel like this album is looking to set any kind of mood, uh, cause track to track, it, it kind of doesn't matter whatever it sets up by the next song that's gone cause you're in a different different plays. But I I didn't mind this one. Uh, Jenny, thoughts on this one?
3: Same. Um, I think, like, no two tracks on this album are remotely the same. Even if they have, like, a similar thread, like, it's chaos. So, um, yeah, definitely Moody Boy. I liked it. I felt like, okay, they're winding us down, which I wasn't really sure what we were going to get toward the the end of the album here. Uh, But... I liked it. It was like a, a bit more of a, a chill vibe after a real roller coaster.
1: Matt? Quick cue. No. How respectful of our time is this album?
3: Uh, this album is 51 minutes and 23 seconds long.
1: That's longer than I would expect.
3: So. Most of the songs are actually pretty short on this record. Um, this last track that we have up next, called "It's Right In Here," uh, is about twenty minutes long, and a lot of it is—I don't even know what to say. It's, I mean, there's a well, lot of footsteps. Well, yep. There, it's. The song.
1: Should I use it as as a bed right now? Should I just start playing? It's right in here. Well,
0: it's it's it starts off, and I say like the first two and a half minutes is an actual song. So I think you start it off, and yeah, and and then we'll go. We'll we'll talk. Yeah, and uh, this one, yeah, I I had a bunch of notes because this opening riff is, I think, the hottest, like, riff that's the closest to a Limp Biscuit riff that we would get on this album. And even then, it's so fleeting. It's like a brief moment because I don't think there's really anything on this record at any point that makes you think of Limp Biscuit. So that riff up top is like, for a second, I go, oh, but then it's gone. They're like, oh, that was we were just joking around the riff at,
3: the riff at the top of fight stance gave me a whisper of Roland
0: mm. okay um you know what actually i think there was a little bit of guitar and space adventure now that i think about it that gave me a little bit of a rearranged vibe but it's a just yeah a whisper a touch um, so yeah, the rest of the song, as Jenny said, people walking around, vomiting, going to the bathroom, playing drums, yelling things. And, uh, I, on my first listen, I was in my car, so I listened to the whole thing while driving. So it's like 19 minutes of people making weird noises. and just driving around. It felt absurd. And I said to myself, well, when I do my next two listens, uh, I got it. I won't listen. You guys my dedication you listen I listened all three times Same. to this stuff and um, yeah you know it's just uh, it, it, I'm gonna say this and I think Jenny you're probably gonna agree with me not even close to the worst uh, secret track we've ever heard
3: oh no <laughs> not even close <laughs>
0: But yeah, there was, uh, with the actual song part, I mean, there's one part that I thought sounded a little bit like sped up, Red Hot Chili Peppers. There's another part where the vocals almost teeter into what feels like Blood Brothers vibes a little bit, just because with how uh, tweaked they are. Uh, but then, yeah, and then it just sort of, I mean, yeah, then you just get people run, basically just running around and it sounds like, I don't know, like a castle or something. And and then it's it's over. Jenny, uh, thoughts on It's right Right in Here?
3: Hey, I think you, uh, I think you covered it. Okay. I, I walked around for the full twenty minutes listening to this, and I felt like <laughs> I should be arrested at any moment walking around my neighborhood <laughs> listening to other footsteps. So there you go.
0: Any any other thoughts on this one?
1: No, no. I, I mean I didn't hear the footprints. I, I don't think I ever will hear those footprints. But uh, actually,
0: Matt, no, if, you wanna, if you want if you want to go to just like go to like ten minutes into the song.
1: Okay, here we go, 1307.
0: You know what? I'm right. You know, Jenny, you were right. You should have been arrested.
3: Yeah. I was just like walking my dog around my neighborhood. Like, Oh, I w- I hope nothing happens where suddenly everyone in my neighborhood can hear <laughs> what I'm walking around <laughs> listening to. And, and I also have been feeling so cagey lately. Like we've been home for like six months and I just want to like be able to do something. And so that like really just like kind of layered it all together. <laughs> like, me like getting closer to the brink <laughs> i was like oh god it's all falling apart but alas it was a secret track so uh i'm fine <laughs> and here we are
0: and here we are well that's the album duke lion fights the terror by big dumb face and now matt jenny we are going to talk about what we talk about when we talk about these side projects ego or essential
1: Ego or essential.
3: Which one? Jenny Jenny, let's start with you. So I think Wes pretty much lays it out when he says it's just a dumb joke and he wanted to see what would happen and who would come along with it. It feels ego to me in that sense. Maybe it was essential in terms of being a stepping stone into Wes actually pursuing other projects and work that felt more like I don't know if like authentic is the right word but that weren't just like a straight up joke like this album itself feels like ego but it might have been this the necessary step for him because I think a lot I mean even like I know we're looking at song meanings, comments but what we're seeing is a lot of like Wes is the only talented member of Limp Bizkit He's so much better than them. What he does is actually interesting. And so maybe like hearing more of that was helpful in further branching off and doing the things that he wanted to do. Pure wild speculation. I could be wrong, but that is what came to mind when I was thinking about whether this was ego or essential. What do you think?
0: Well, you know, I wrote that for the things I didn't like about it, that this record is a fun album. And it is funny how, you know, in college, a lot of it felt completely unlistenable to me. And now it just seems like a good old time. And it's a goofy lark, but it has more detail than you would expect. And I'm going to say, in the mythology of West Borland of what he embodies and represents to a lot of people. This feels to me, even though it's a lark, even though it's a, he said it's a bunch of stupid songs and you know, who cares? I had a blank check. I could do what I want. It still feels in a way like an essential thing, an essential document to understand it. So I would put essential.
1: Mm. Matt. Having listened to it with you and not listening to the whole thing in one sitting, I honestly enjoyed the record way more than I thought I was going to. There is this very funny thing in popular culture where comedians always want to be musicians and musicians always want to be comedians. Have you ever heard that trope before, Jenny or Lauren? Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I am very familiar with the work of John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys Shucks. know this. Hilarious. Fine. Hilarious.
3: Oh, yikes. John Mayer <laughs> well, Your body's, a human.
0: Your body's a wonderful. Human
3: there. yikes
1: okay. there. But... And I've seen things that he has done on video that have always made me go, oh boy, you know, you know, he's, he has characters, he has guys that are goofy. And just like if somebody blind watches or tunes into something that we go, that we do, when nobody's on board with it yet, and it's like, oh boy, what are you guys doing, you idiots? It's easy to do and dismiss. But this record was ultimately enjoyable. But it's also so dumb and intentionally dumb that it it's hard to make it essential in my mind. Because it's an ego play that plays within the construct of the limp biscuit Methos. so in that sense i think lauren's right where it is essential but as a standalone project it feels like an ego play
0: here's my one thought that i I'd, I'd been thinking about but i didn't write it down in my notes but that is remarkable from a lot of the other side projects that we've done this summer is that all of the other side projects have elements about them that are worked in either in a large part or in subtle ways to still appeal to the audiences of the original band that they're coming from. Fieldy's record has appearances from Jonathan Davis. It has stuff from Korn on it. Uh, Fort minor has got Mr. Han on it. It has still aspects of it that are like Lincoln Park-esque. Device – Draymond himself says this can appeal to fans of Disturb but also new people. But in this case, there is zero concession to Limp Bizkit fans on this record. There is nothing on here where it's like, do, do you like Roland? Do you like Full Nelson? Well, then check out Space Adventure. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not the case here. And – in that way, I mean, maybe this is a perfect mix of the ego and essential, but also with ego, though, with ego, there is a level of self-flattery, you know, with something like device. We're still playing into... You know, the Draymond thing, that sort of rock, you know, as he says, we're still making rock and roll music, you know? And, and definitely the ego on that Fieldy record, you know? But oh this yeah. record is, if anything, purposely ego-less in a way. I mean, he he the only video for this thing has him rolling around in his tidy whiteies. He's not trying to look cool at any point. He's, he's, if anything, trying to look as fool even more foolish than maybe people normally think he is. It's not a cred move. Mm, I, yeah.
3: I don't agree oh, with you.
0: Okay, you don't agree with me on that one. No,
3: okay. I don't. And I don't think that this is a bad thing necessarily, but I do think that looking at what I've read of The relationship that Wes has with Limp Bizkit and being in this band it's clear that he struggles with wanting out or what that means for his career as an artist and he has straight up said that like it cost him opportunities musically like Trent Reznor didn't want Nine Inch Nails and Limp Biscuit to be mentioned in the same article. Uh, He said that, you know, when he was married to uh, the woman in Queen Kwong, that it was damaging her career. So that being in Limp Biscuit had, you know, he thinks about what it would have been like, like what kind of music he would have made, what kind of career he would have had if that hadn't been a thing. And so in a way with a lot of this stuff, I feel like, the move is like kicking away from that saying like I am different from this and like I am I am more artistic than that I'm deeper than that I'm weirder than that I'm not mainstream in that way and I don't think anybody would argue that this is mainstream but I think like almost pushing yourself so far in the direction of being like, look at how fucking weird I am. Look at like what a goon I am on this, whatever. In a way I feel like that is ego. And I don't know if, I don't think that's like bad. I just think that like, it just seems to be real, really full of strife, the relationship between Wes as an artist and how, infamous limp biscuit is and what limp biscuit represents in the cultural zeitgeist seems so antithetical to what he thinks of himself and what he wants to be recognized for does that make sense
0: that makes sense i see what you mean yeah i mean that that is the it, it is funny and it is something that i i think I, I i don't think of myself as somebody who lives in the in a bubble but i definitely have found with this show that sometimes i get deep into the bubble because then i encounter people in the wild who react to limp biscuits name like vampires to fucking holy water just like <sighs> just like ah <laughs> like they just freak it's true. out it's true. they freak out it's so nuts to me And like I saw there was a thing going around on Twitter recently where people were asked like four, four essential high school albums, like the albums that you were listening to for real in high school. There's a whole thing going around where people were posting like Sonic Youth Records and people like, sure you were. And but there was one guy who was a writer for the A.V. Club and he posted basically every single Limp Bizkit record. And he's like, that's the honest truth. He's like, I was an idiot. And I was like what don't do, do there's some those records rippers front
1: to back there, there is a reason they sold so many like mm-hmm. I, that is so i guess it's somebody who looked at it as less than for so long and then coming into this show four plus years ago and actually giving it an honest listen if you fucking liked it you liked it who who are you trying to impress
0: Truly.
3: Yeah. It there was an episode of the podcast Rivals recently that talked about the feud between Limp like Fred Durst basically and Scott Stapp. And the way the hosts talked about Limp Biscuit did also, Lauren, make me realize that like I'm in a bit of a bubble because I'm like they felt like they had to preface every kind thing they may have said about Limp Biscuit. And I I was just like, you know, I get it. But like, when you look at all of the bands in the world, like they are not that bad. And like, same thing when they were even, it was interesting when they were talking about the feud between Limp Bizkit and Creed, they went several times to why isn't Fred Durst making fun of how bad Creed's music is? Because Fred Durst, the entire time, I think one time he said something about, like, take a nap during Creed's set or something. But, like, he was never trashing them. And I'm like, that's it. That's the thing. Like, you you want Fred Durst to trash Creed because you want him to be as big of an asshole as you remember him being. And in some of those very specific moments, he was. But, like, what we put on Limp Bizkit is so disproportionate to what they actually were. Like we take all of our misogyny and like hyper-masculine energy and toxic masculinity and we shove it all in the Limp Bizkit box. We're like, fuck Fred Durst, fuck his red hat. West Portland was the only cool thing in Limp Bizkit. But like, if you look back at that era and you look now, it's all still here. It's just like this nicely packaged little box we have that we can like point at like that package right there limp biscuit that's the thing we're not that anymore that's oh like i want to be so far away from it but like we're fucking not at all it's just it's dumb i hate it that's my rant
0: (laughs) thank you jenny I, i i also listened to that episode of rivals and it was very frustrating for them to just yeah anything that they said they were they they, they would yeah they would someone would defend fred Durst and be like i'm sorry i'm sorry I, i'm sorry for defending fred Durst. and it's just like jeez oh pete like you know and, and it's funny is that i he is a person he you know well well like, also it is it is funny also to just the, the way they talk about the music and and it's and it's funny to me is that i mean i've been listening to it for so long and i've always liked it and i've never stopped liking it and the way they talk about it and i just go I sort of, I mean, I, I definitely have heard, you know, I listen to music and we listen to music on the show where I think like, well, I get why somebody wouldn't like this, but it is so weird to me that Limp Bizkit has all the ire when I feel like there's so many things they do right and they're, yeah, the, yeah I don't know. We're, 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 off on a, we're off on a tangent now of that, but yeah, that was a weird thing to listen to on that episode. Still a good podcast, but that, that episode. Oh, I,
3: great yeah. podcast, but yeah. that one I took personally. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that tends to happen anytime any show that isn't normally new metal or anything adjacent decides to dip into our world. I'm just like, what are you saying about our boys? What are you saying? <laughs> Don't you dare.
3: I agree. I agree. And I've seen the making of. We all watch that making of Doc when Fred is at his worst. Yeah. And even then we're like, <laughs> d-
0: d- how dare you? I
3: gotta be like, look, (laughs) look in the mirror, everybody in the world. (laughs) Like, You're not better than Fred Durst. And you fucking know you're not.
0: (laughs) You You
3: fucking know you're not.
0: (laughs) There it is. There it is. Oh man. Well, I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we're, (laughs) we're, we're, we're all here at the end of the journey with big dumb face. And, um, that is it for another. It's ego.
1: It's and it's essential. It's an
0: ego essential. There you go. There you have it. Uh, and then just bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like uh, on all of those services. Send us an email: roachcoachpodcast at gmail Please keep sharing the show on social media. That helps. Us gain that visibility every time you share it, we get a new message. Somebody's saying they heard about us, and now they're binging us. So let them know that you are rolling with the coach. And uh, until next time, we're, side project summer not over. We're taking we're gonna we're gonna dip next week. We're gonna we're gonna dip back into some new metal, and then we're gonna close out big. So just buckle up. We got one more coming. Until next time, Jenny. Thank
3: you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, Matt thank, thank you. you.
1: Thank
0: you. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.